Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us for V Brown Bag. I'm your host, Tom Green, and tonight we're going to be talking Azure Stack. Before we get started, a little housekeeping, maybe, yeah. Uh, v Brown Bag is a very social community. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at V Brown Bag, and using the hashtag V Brown Bag, someone will uh, get to your tweets for questions, comments, uh, funny jokes, anything you want, just hit us up and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, many of us monitor it every day. Uh, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and hand things over to my uh, guest tonight, Thomas. Are you, how are you doing? Hi, hey Tom. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm uh, just switching quickly. Uh, to my screen. Yeah, so, I just handed over uh, controls. Yeah. So you should be good to go. Perfect. Let me know when you see my screen. Looks great. Perfect. Okay, so also, hi from my side. My name is Thomas Maurer. I work as a cloud advocate at Microsoft. Uh, I started, uh, I think, three months ago. Uh, before that, I was working for different consulting companies um, and um, service providers, and I worked with a couple of them on Azure Stack implementations very early on in different projects, um, basically in the TAP program or in the Azure Stack Early Adopter program. So I'm happy here to share today um, a little bit about our Azure Stack family. It's now called, we have just recently launched a new product called the Azure Stack HCI Solutions. Uh, and we're also obviously going to cover a little bit about this and explain the different scenarios uh, for those two products. So let me quickly move here to the next slide. So again, I said I'm going to speak a little bit um, uh, about Azure Stack uh, and how the journey is. And I would also show you a little bit the parts behind Azure Stack. We'll do some demos. Um, on the Azure Stack operation side, so the things you actually cannot just see it if you're uh, if you don't have an Azure Stack or if you don't have access to a development kit. So first of all, um, let me talk a little bit about why we have that solution and why we think it's very important. So first of all, we see that hybrid is going to be very interesting for a lot of customers, or is very interesting for a lot of customers. Uh, to different reasons, right? Um, we can see that a couple of our customers want to bring services and, and run cloud services on-prem, but we can also see that a lot of customers want to um, extend their on-premises uh, with cloud services and like, for example, do an offloading of backup or use, a, uh, use the cloud as a DR site, right? And that's that's exactly what we are having like these two approaches and there's many other things in our hybrid world like identity or sql server is connected and things like that we're going to talk about two specific ones so first of all is with our hybrid approach we want to bring down cloud services in a consistent way to your on-prem data center and then the other way we also want to enable our customers um, to connect their on-prem resources uh, with public cloud services. And this is where Azure Stack and Azure Stack HCI come into play as well. So this is a high level view of our story here where I'm gonna talk about a little bit. Um, so we have obviously our public cloud offering, Microsoft Azure, and then we have our on-prem products, Windows Server, uh, SQL Server, and a lot of other things which today already can connect to Azure and leverage the power of Azure. And Azure Stack HCI can completely also integrate into that. And we call that the hybrid uh, data center uh, approach or overall it still counts as a hybrid cloud. And then on the right side, we have our Azure Stack solution. And this is basically the way we bring Azure into your data center or into your location uh, where it makes the most sense. So um, with that overview, I want to quickly show you what we actually have in our hybrid environment. Um, so 
As I mentioned, we have Azure, which is basically bringing down the Azure, which has the Azure portal, the APIs, our infrastructure as a service um, and, and PaaS services. And it brings down like all these modern uh, administration tools and it's built on top of specific, uh, specific Azure hardware and our own cloud compute and storage technologies. That's what we offer in our public cloud. And now to what we have with Azure Stack basically is we extended um, that platform from the public cloud to the on-prem environment of our customers uh, to bring the same portal and API experience as well as the same services. So we have the same consistent experience in both worlds. Uh, under, underneath that, we have built that on industry standard hardware, right? Uh, the Azure hardware is very specific to our needs. So we built that um, on our specific, uh, on, on OEM specific hardware. And we use our hyper-converged compute and storage technology behind it to run that, that run the software. So in the, in the state case of Azure Stack, this is also Windows Server uses Hyper-V and storage spaces direct. And then with Azure Stack HCI solutions, we said, okay, not everyone wants to use those specific cloud services. A lot of customers just want to have a platform for virtualization. So we take the same technology and the same hardware with the same validation we do for Azure Stack um, and put that as a standalone solution, however, with a totally different administrative UI right now. And so what you can do again in Azure, you can obviously use hundreds of different cloud services in right now over 54 regions worldwide. Um, and then we bring down a subset of those services like um, Azure IS, Azure VMs, uh, platform as a service with web apps or Azure functions and serverless computing, Key Vault, and, and a lot of other offerings down to Azure Stack. And in the Azure Stack, um, HCI solutions, we basically allow you to connect to Azure services like Azure Backup, Azure Site Recovery for DR scenarios, Azure Monitor and the Azure Update Management, which allow you obviously to monitor your on-prem solution from Azure, as well as doing controlled update management um, in Azure, but also on-prem. So let's first talk a little bit about uh, Azure Stack before we then, in the end, go and speak a little bit about Azure Stack HCI. So, um, Thomas, we do have a couple of questions that have already come in. Yeah. Uh, so we have a question from Graham says, so it's 100% binary and API compatible between on-prem and cloud. Yeah, so that's a very good question. Um, so, the answer is yes and no. Um, so obviously we try to be as consistent as possible. However, Azure gets updated daily, right? We are updating our services in Azure daily, depending on the team, if it has something to release, um, maybe even sometimes multiple times daily. And Azure Stack, which is running on-prem, needs to be managed by the customer, and I will talk a little bit about that later. However, that doesn't get updated regularly like that. So Azure Stack on-prem is always a little bit behind um, uh, what Azure has, right? So we are talking about this in terms of API versions. Um, we have a different level there and a different set of services we can offer. So whenever Azure releases a new feature, um, it's going to be different uh, on Azure Stack and it will take some time to come to Azure Stack. Uh, if in some cases it ever comes, right? And there are services which need very specific or specified hardware, which actually cannot even buy from OEMs directly. And for, for example, if you think about machine learning workloads and things like that, um, that's gonna be a little bit different. Um, but yes, you can use the Azure Resource Manager, which is our control plane, basically. Uh, you can use their APIs, you can use the Azure PowerShell module, you can use the Azure CLI, uh, you can deploy directly from Visual Studio as it would be Azure, right? You can think about that uh, as kind of like an, another Azure cloud which you can connect to. So I hope this answers the question. Otherwise, let me know and we will talk a little bit more about that. And then um, I think I saw a second question. So can we create our own regions in Azure Stack? So Azure Stack itself is kind of like an own region. Um, uh, so 
it, it, it's not just an old region, it's basically an own cloud, right? Uh, it's not managed within the Azure stack, Azure, sorry, in the Azure portal. It really has its own portal and it can be completely separate. And I will talk a little bit about uh, why that is the case um, in, just right now, right? So when are actually our customers using Azure Stack? And I think we can have three main use cases or identify three main use cases. There are probably a lot more, but those are the ones we see a lot in the field. First of all, we call it the edge or disconnected um, use case. This is when customers want to use Azure cloud services in an environment where they can have, have no internet connection or just very bad internet connection at all. So we bring that up. Uh, in some cases, uh, the cruise ship scenario, where you want to, where you need to run a lot of software and services to keep that um, cruise ship uh, running, and also the all the board entertainment and everything, and um, you want to use those services. However, when you're out on the ship, you probably don't have a good internet connectivity. It's not really reliable, and it's very expensive. So um, that would be a position where you can place an Azure stack. Or then we have other we have customers saying, I don't want, I'm not able to basically connect to Azure Stack, um, or my apps cannot deal with the latency to a public cloud. Uh, and that environment is also a good so um, good case for Azure Stack as well. And then um, the other one, the middle one, is like regulatories and um, also compliance reasons where companies are just not allowed to store data outside of the country. This is a very big thing in Europe right now where there's a lot of discussion going on about this, um, uh, if you're actually allowed to store data. And it also is a little bit about um, feel like um, your own feeling about it, right? Some companies have rules, you know, you're not allowed to store data outside of the building of the company. And in that case, uh, you can use an Azure Stack to basically use the same services um, on-prem in your data center. And then we have a couple of customers saying, okay, we're just not ready yet. We're just not ready um, to move to the cloud. We don't have like the contracts, for example, in place. Um, we don't have the security stuff in place. Not everyone signed off, but we want to start to modernize our um, applications. And you can really do that with Azure Stack. You can basically Put an Azure Stack in your data center and play it by your rules, right? By like, you can really manage it the way you want it without data going out of your um, uh, location. So with these three use cases, um, I want to go a little bit further. So Azure Stack, and I mentioned that before, really is a um, an extension of Azure, right? It will, doesn't want to be something different. It will, it wants really to bring a consistent experience um, down. And if you look at this, what does that actually mean? That means we can use the same tools. I mentioned the Azure PowerShell, Azure CLI, uh, Visual Studio, and other editors and tools and things like that, which usually integrate into Azure. They can use the APIs of Azure Stack to deploy uh, services and manage services. And you get also the same experience in terms of portal um, uh, portal and design. So you get a consistent experience. So if you're familiar with the Azure portal, you're automatically familiar with the Azure Stack portal. And if you quickly look at this, what does actually Azure consistency really mean? Um, we can go down and say, okay, uh, we have the tools, we have the Azure Resource Manager model, which is basically everything I can put, for example, also in an ARM template, I can deploy it on an Azure stack as well as in Azure um, to make sure that that works. We bring down the consistent experience. And to show you that a little bit, this is a screenshot from the Azure portal, and this is one, this one from the Azure Stack portal. And if I wouldn't have done such a horrible job taking the screenshots, you could actually see that they are both um, look exactly the same, except the difference is that one says Microsoft Azure and the other one says Microsoft Azure Stack, right? So you have that familiar, if you learn Azure, you're also automatically familiar to use Azure Stack as well. Good, the other thing 
I mentioned this, they bring down services. Again, this is obviously we bring all down all our infrastructure service services, uh, like storage, network, and compute. Uh, this also means like uh, object store, like our blob storage offering. And we also have a template for containers to deploy easily Kubernetes cluster. However, this is not AKS today, um, like the Azure Kubernetes service. This is just a template to deploy a Kubernetes cluster. But we also have our app services and, and, and our serverless computing with Azure functions, which we can bring down to Azure Stack. And then we officially announced IoT Hub, uh, which is right now, I think, in, in preview uh, for a couple of customers. Now, to see also another thing to see about those services, it's not just about the technology we bring down, we also bring our marketplace from Azure. So this is a screenshot of the Azure Stack administrative portal. And you can see here, um, I will show a little bit more about that in a, in a couple of minutes, but what you can see here is actually the marketplace um, which we are offering to our, like if that's my Azure Stack, that's what I'm offering to my Azure Stack tenants. And I have a couple of virtual machines in here. Um, and I can bring my own images if I want to. If I have a specific Windows Server or Linux image I want to use, I can put it on Azure Stack and let the tenants use that. However, I can also say, press that button, add from Azure. And then what I get is basically a view of compatible um, images or marketplace items from Azure, right? So without, like I get a couple of hundreds or um, of those um, marketplace items hosted in Azure, and I can basically say, okay, I want to have this SQL image of running on Windows Server 2016, uh, and I want to download that and make that available to my tenants on Azure Stack, and I just simply press the download button. Um, this is not just for Windows or Microsoft workloads, this also brings down third-party workloads as well. And then the last piece I want to talk about when we talk about Azure Stack, it comes as an integrated system. So it's not some software you can download and install by yourself. Um, it really comes, the production system really comes as a solution. So you go out to your OEM, your hardware vendor, and you want to tell him, um, I want to buy an Azure Stack, and you're going to do the sizing uh, with him, and then he will deliver um, that Azure Stack. So this is one of the Azure Stacks. The Azure Stack is on the right side. On the left side, it's me. Um, this is, as you can see, it just looks like standard servers, and that's absolutely what it is. There is nothing really in terms of hardware magic um, going on. It's like standardized servers. So very important here, and I want to quote Jeffrey Snower on this one. Jeffrey Snower is a technical fellow at Microsoft. He is, um, he was the lead architect um, or chief architect of Azure Stack. He was the lead architect of uh, Windows Server and System Center. And now I think he moved on to Office 365. And he was also the inventor of PowerShell. And he had this very good sentence, I think, which was very important. Um, Azure Stack is for people that want to use a cloud, not for people that want to build one. Uh, we spend, as a consultant, I spend hours and months working with customers to build their private clouds. Um, and it took a while until we could finally then like deploy workloads on it, right? You have the planning phase and then you need to, to integrate. When we talk about Azure Stack, um, obviously we still need a lot of planning and, and things like that, and we'll talk about that. but um, the installation can be done very, very quickly. So as it comes as an integrated solution, you basically have day one uh, where someone from the OEM comes and helps you stack the hardware into the rack or delivers the rack. And then on day two and three, we basically run a completely automated script uh, to install the Azure Stack. And then on day four and five, we do some up like um, registrations and um, clean up of those things and help also to integrate into existing systems. So, and then you're basically up and running and you can start uh, deploying workloads on your Azure Stack. Now, one of the big challenges we have is coming from something like this. This is an Azure data center to this. So those are Azure Stack integrated systems. 
These were the three launch partners, I think end of 2017, uh, with Dell, HPE, and Lenovo. There are a couple of more now. I think we have eight right now, eight different hardware vendors, um, which are delivering Azure Stack to you, and I will show you them at the end. Uh, but this is how they look like, right? They look like standard servers, uh, and they come basically as a, as a as integrated system, and I'm gonna talk a little bit about more. And then, we're not just delivering that Azure Stack to your data center. The idea is that you can deliver Azure Stack to places where you usually did not have really hardware, right? So we call this the tactical edge solutions, which are basically ruggedized Azure Stacks, which are ideal to like put them in a car, uh, in a truck, drive them around and, and place them wherever you need them. And then you just pick them up again after your job is done. Uh, we have showed that specific car at Ignite last year, where we put an Azure stack in the back of the car. The car also has a couple of drones and other neat features. And the idea is that when you have, for example, um, a problem somewhere, an outage or something, you just drive that car to a specific place, you can get the data, you can then um, calculate and use that data on your Azure stack directly on the car itself. And then later on, you can sync it up to the cloud if you want to. So I'm going to skip that video. Um, but however, I will give you the link later um, about how, the, how that will work. Um, uh, it's just a video about how that truck um, drives around and basically um, makes the use case. And then when we talk about Azure Stack internals, it doesn't really matter, right? We call, we have that sentence, internals are internal. Um, so uh, it's very interesting to know what's going on. However, we as customers, we never really touch it, right? Since it's an appliance, think about it as a sand storage solution. And you also operate it, you manage it, and, and you use it, but you're not really familiar with the internals in some cases, right? Uh, or you don't have to take care of it. And that's the same thing it should be with Azure Stack. It should be kind of like a black box uh, to you. I'm not saying it's not interesting. It's super interesting what's going on. Uh, however, um, we as customers don't really touch it, right? So what are we doing? So this is now a, a graphical view of an Azure Stack. You can see the dotted line basically is that black box. So an Azure Stack in the smallest version we have four um, service and hyper-converged configuration, meaning compute and storage in, um, in, in each of the servers. And then we have this small server called the HLH or hardware lifecycle host. And this is basically our first like management host. This is the one from the OEM host, if you will, which starts to deploy Azure Stack. And it also runs a couple of OEM specific monitoring tools. And then we have two leaf switches or top of direct switches um, which then connect to your border networking devices. And then we have a BMC, BMC switch for out-of-band management for the systems. And again, what we did is we worked closely with all the OEMs. Uh, we did design the architecture. We made sure that the deployment works. We completely automated that. Um, we did a lot of validation on that specific hardware to make sure that all the drivers, firmware um, and software are working together. And this is very important. And then what I also want to highlight on that screen is the patch and update. Now, if you build a cloud by yourself, especially if you called, like, if you used some Microsoft tools before, like System Center, you need to go out and patch your components like servers, and then you need to make sure which System Center product do I patch first, and then which patch do I install where. Uh, with Azure Stack, you get basically two update packages. One update package is basically for the Azure Stack software and the servers. So you basically just say, okay, update now. And I'm gonna show you that in the portal, how that looks like. And it will basically run and update all the systems and all the management software. And then depending on the OEM, you get another uh, update package for firmware and drivers. And they also automated that process to basically automatically um, update firmware and, 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 and drivers um, on your servers. 
Now, when it comes to Evans, like it's very important. Planning is still very, very important, right? I told you that this is an appliance and you just simply put it into your data center. Uh, there is still a lot of planning involved if you put something in your data center. It doesn't really matter what it is, but especially if you do a network connectivity, something with network connectivity, you need to make sure that the thing is working. And then you have a lot of dependencies on different things. So you need to take care of the following and ask that, and this is also something even before you actually um, buy or get the Azure Stack ordered, uh, this is things you need to think about before. So first of all, you need to decide on which business model are you gonna use. You have basically a pay as a use option, where you basically just buy the hardware. And in the software case, you just pay for what you use. So for example, if you start a virtual machine, you start paying a license fee to Microsoft for that virtual machine. It's not as high, obviously, as in, in Azure because you own the hardware, it's your hardware, uh, but you can pay a license fee for the software. If you shut down that virtual machine or remove that virtual machine, you don't pay anything at Microsoft at all. So this is very, especially if you, if you start like three months later, you did not pay anything to Microsoft. Um, this, but this means you need to send us telemetry data. Right, so this is like we get how many virtual machines are running and things like that uh, on your system. Um, by default, we do not send any customer data like out of the Azure stack, but we just want, we need to know how many virtual machines are running so we can actually, um, or how many services are running so we can actually bill you for this. And then we have the capacity model. Um, if you don't want to send us that data, or for some reason you're in a disconnected mode where you can send that data, um, we also have licensing model, and this allows you basically, you need just to license all the hardware you have in your Azure stack based on physical cores in your machine and your machines, and that, that's basically it. So you need to make sure, what, what do I want to have pay as a user capacity model? Is my Azure stack connected or disconnected? Again, depending on the scenario, you want to be connected to Azure to use a couple of different features. You also need to make sure, how do I log in to my Azure stack? Do I use Azure Active Directory or do I use ADFS? So for example, if I'm in the disconnected mode, I cannot use Azure Active Directory, obviously. In that case, I want to use ADFS. And if I'm in a connected mode, I can still choose what do I like um, to use. And then um, you need to make sure that you have a couple of certificates. We have internally the Azure Stack software does all the certificate handling. But the portal and things like that has have like probably public certificates. So you need to deliver those certificates. Uh, and then something very simple, that sounds very simple, you need to uh, provide space, power, and cooling. However, it sounds very simple for us, but now customers are putting these Azure stacks on places they, where they did not have hardware before. And this um, come, brings up a couple of challenges sometimes, especially when it comes to cooling and power. And then you need to plan your network integration, right? Uh, you need to make sure um, that you connect um, uh, your Azure Stack in the right way. You have two choices. You can do a PGP uh, peering or a static routing. Please do a PGP. It makes life much, much easier and less static. Uh, you also need to think how do you do DNS integration, right? How do um, systems running on Azure Stack resolve and names in your local network and the other way around. And then you also probably want to think, do I want to put a firewall in front of my Azure stack when I expose it, for example, to the internet, or do I just have the, the Azure stack internally? So those are things you need to think of when you plan for your Azure stack integration. And then you probably also want to integrate it in your existing monitoring solution. So those are the things you need to think of and be aware of um, and plan for um, before your Azure Stack arrives. Obviously, there's a lot of help from the OEMs. They go through a list with you. They just tell you what you actually need. And there's also very, very good documentation out there explaining you what are the requirements. So let's talk a little bit about operating. Now, one of the things I hear a lot is that Microsoft now has access to all your data and operates your Azure Stack. This is not the case. So when we look at Azure, for example, and we are all Azure customers and we use Azure and we have Microsoft engineers operating um, the Azure backend, right? In case of Azure Stack, 
we as customers, we have an Azure stack, we use it as we would do Azure, but we also need to operate it, right? And Microsoft does not have access to your Azure stack or anything uh, by default. Um, so you need to have operators which take care and make sure that everything is running. And um, for example, if something fails, you need to open a ticket with, my, with our engineers or with the OEM to basically fix that that problem or you also need to take care of updating and I can show you that in that quick um, slide here so you need to make sure that you do the capacity management you need to you still make sure that everything in the network integration works you need to create plans and offerings and quotas um, so for your Azure Stack tenants so they can actually create subscriptions on top of your Azure Stack or uh, or you create them for them uh, an operator needs to be um, building those and then if you want to deploy other Azure services, like let's say, for example, IoT Hub, uh, you will need an operator which actually deploys IoT Hub since it's an optional uh, Azure service on your Azure stack. And then, as I showed you before, you need to manage the marketplace items. So you want to make sure that you have the latest marketplace items, server images available for your customers. And then you need to take care of patch and update. And if there are any issues, you need to make sure that you um, have an incident resolution together with Microsoft or the OEM, depending if it's a hardware issue or a software issue. The great thing, by the way, about the Azure Stack support is that it doesn't really matter who you call. You have two support contracts. You have one with the OEM and you have one with Microsoft. Um, if you call Microsoft and you have a hardware issue, we are not just going to hang up and tell you to call the OEM. We will open up the ticket directly with the OEM and our support engineers are directly connected with the support engineers from the OEM so that we can resolve the issue as fast as possible. And the same thing if it goes the other way. If, uh, if you call the OEM and they tell you it's a software issue, um, they will open up directly a ticket with Microsoft support and work on that to resolve your problem. And obviously, I spoke about those certificates. You also sometimes need to renew them. So this is also something the operator needs to take care of. So for the admin experience, let's go in demo mode here a little bit. Uh, you have a tenant portal, which is basically looks exactly the same as the uh, Azure portal. And then you also have an admin portal. And that's what I'm going to show you here in a quick demo. So here I'm in the admin portal. And you can see from a look and feel, it looks like um, the Azure portal uh, itself. However, I got some more stuff here. For example, I have marketplace management, I have user subscriptions, uh, region management, and much, much more here. And I can also see here some plates, uh, some dashboard items um, that an update is available and things like that. So if I go to region management, uh, I can manage my basically my Azure Stack region. On this overview screen, again, I see that everything is green right now, that I don't have any alerts. That's great. I can then have a look, for example, at the resource providers which I have installed here. So basically, I'm just starting the default ones. And again, you can see that everything is healthy uh, and there are no alerts. And if I go to updates, you can see the current version I'm running. And then you can also see that I have an update available here. And then I can just click on update right now, and this will go through an update process. However, we highly recommend reading the release notes for the updates, uh, because that's where we also tell you if there's anything you need to take care of uh, before or after, or if we change something. Um, there is also a, depending on how long, it, um, what we are patching, the duration can also be different. Uh, a small update like a hotfix can, for example, run 30, minutes to an hour um, to patch everything. But if you have a large system and you we do a full update of your stack, it can now take up to 24 hours in some cases. And we recommend, even though all the workloads um, stay up, uh, we recommend doing a maintenance window during that time. Here you can also do the capacity management. So you can see here how much capacity in terms of physical storage uh, or memory I have left. I can also have a look at all the infrastructure roles which are running in the back end. Again, here we're going a little bit in the architecture slide I'm showing you. However, if there is any alert, there's most, in most cases, this is the time to open a support ticket with Microsoft. 
Um, if there is anything you can do by yourself, you basically give your recommendation. That's what you need to do. You can also then have a look at your scale units. A scale unit is basically a rack or a cluster. So Azure Stack can be, as I said, the smallest configuration is four nodes, and it can go up, as of today, up to 16 nodes. So if you go to that cluster, you can see here we have an eight node system. And if I click one of the nodes, I can go here and say, okay, I want to train that node because I probably need to do some hardware maintenance, or I can, for example, say repair that node. And this will basically just reinstall the whole node and add it back to the system. So let me quickly go over and have a quick look at some of the questions. So I have, how can I run Azure POC on limited hardware? So yes, that's a very good question. So I told you, you cannot really download Azure Stack um, and you really need to buy that integrate solution. This is half true. There is an Azure Stack development kit. Um, earlier it was called the Azure Stack POC, which you can download and install on a single server. It only supports a single server, so there is no redundancy and, and nothing going on, but it's designed to basically let you try out and test Azure Stack uh, on a single server. Um, this you can just do if you go to the Azure Stack website, I have links in there in the presentation, uh, and then you can go and just download it there. There are also some pre-requirements in terms of memory, CPUs, and disks, but that's all described on, on the website. Good, so let me go a little bit further. Um, again, then next to the admin portal, we obviously have also an Azure Stack admin PowerShell module, which basically lets you do everything you saw in the portal and a little bit more to basically configure Azure Stack and automate stuff in the backend. And then we have something called the Azure Stack Privileged Endpoints. Those are basically emergency endpoints based on just enough administration uh, or PowerShell just enough administration. So we have three of those in every system. And if you want to, if there's for some, some reason really something really bad happening, you can connect to that system, to those endpoints and basically run some help and even unlock a support experience together with Microsoft support to basically get more access to that system. We call that the breaking glass um, approach. And then in that case, we can help like we, like our support then helps you remote during a screen sharing session to basically bring up your Azure Stack and resolve the issue if there is anything. There's also something called detached Azure Stack um, commandlet, which you can run, which gives you a little bit more information if everything is okay. Good. Um, I saw there's more questions. I will probably come a little bit more to the end so we can cover um, this at the discussion at the end and I can go through the Azure Stack HCI solutions. So the Azure Stack HCI solution is something pretty new. We announced that um, I think two or three weeks ago um, at the virtual hybrid summit or virtual hybrid event. Um, so the idea here is really that in some cases our customers don't need those cloud services, right? They don't need this Azure consistency. Uh, they just need some virtualization solution to run virtual machines. And that's what we are offering with Azure Stack HCI. So there are really three points to it. So first, of, the first one is hybrid operations. As mentioned, we are allowing our customers to basically integrate Azure services like Azure Site Recovery, uh, Azure Backup directly um, from the uh, Azure Stack HCI management console, which is Windows Admin Center, and you can directly configure that um, on the box itself to, for example, back up a virtual machine or data to Azure or to replicate a virtual machine um, to Azure. Um, and so if we have a look at it, what do we actually offer? So we have the Azure Stack Network Adapter. This allows you to create a point-to-site VPN connectivity uh, from a server to an Azure virtual network. We have Azure Site Recovery to replicate your virtual machines for DR, but also for migration. And then we have Azure Backup and Azure Update Management and even Azure File Sync. So if you have this on-prem file server, you want to sync over multiple locations um, or just have another one um, based in the cloud to back it up and to do a backup in the cloud for disaster recovery, for example, and you can do that with Azure File Sync. 
Uh, I don't have time to talk too much about those technologies, but really, you should, if, if this, sound, this sounds interesting, have a look at those technologies. They are built in into the admin portal of the Azure Stack HCI. And then the software-defined infrastructure runs Hyper-V and Storage Spaces Direct, as well as the failover clustering technology. It's the same technology we basically run uh, inside the Azure Stack integrated system. Uh, and again, it's based on Windows Server. And then what we are actually doing, where we bring the actual value in this case, is by using a validation. So all the solutions um, you will find uh, are specifically validated and tested. And we simulate one year of activity on those systems and stress test them to make sure that this system really works. And again, that the drivers and the NICs uh, and the controllers are really working. Uh, so basically, it's a free piece solution. So it's the validated hardware. It's Windows Server software, and then you get Windows Admin Center to do the hybrid configurations. So this is basically, uh, if you have a look at Azure Stack HCI, this is basically what Azure Stack HCI is. And again, this can look, again, this looks like standard uh, servers. Um, you can go to this Azure Stack HCI catalog. You find that also on the website. I have a link in my presentation, which I can share with you. Uh, and there you find um, all the solutions. I think right now we have 70 or more than 70 solutions in this catalog where you can select if you want to have which vendor you want, um, in which region it should be available, um, if you want to have an all-flash solution or if you're going more for capacity, you can really go through and select what you want and then it shows you your options for those sort of systems. So let me quickly show you how that looks like. Um, again, our administrative portal on Azure Stack HCI solution is based on Windows Admin Center. So I have Windows Admin Center here, and this is not a multi-tenant solution. This is just one, uh, basically one tenant solution. So what you can go in here, uh, you can go to servers. Uh, you can see that I have here free servers in my cluster. If you go to inventory, you can see here that I have three nodes. You can see that they're all up. Um, and you can see that how much memory and CPU are they using. You can also click on one of the nodes and you get some more information. Um, you can see here some graphs, uh, how much network bandwidth, how much CPU memory they're using as well. If I click to drives, you can see how many drives are in my system. This one is a very small drive. Obviously, we can have much more capacity than this. Um, but to show you, it will make the point. So you can see how much do I have storage, do I have physical storage have I used, how much do I still have available, and what is the reserve or like the, the things for uh, failure. So if I go to inventory again, I can see all the disks. I can also see like the specific volumes I created on top of that system. I can I create three volumes. And if I go to inventory, you can see I have here the cluster performance history, which is stored on the volume, but then I have my volume one and volume two. And if I look uh, at volume one, for example, you can see that I used right now almost 50 gigs of that, of that volume, of the 500 gig volume. And if I scroll down a little bit, you can see that I have here, um, like how much is the latency, how much IOPS are on that specific volume. If I go back, I can also go and say, okay, I want to create a new one directly from, from that menu here and can configure that. I can tell you what, what kind of resiliency do I want, how large should it be, and then just create it. I'm not going to do that right now um, because I don't have so much storage left. What I can also do is, obviously, I can manage my virtual machines. So here I see that I have three three virtual machines deployed. Uh, this is a coincidence that it always is free, right? I, I deploy three volumes, three virtual machines, and so on. Um, and then you can go to inventory, and you can see here three virtual the three virtual machines which are running. How much um, uh, CPU memory are they using? I can also get here to uh, one of the systems. Have a look. Uh, at that, and then you can see I have multiple options to, so for example, directly do an RDP connection or set up uh, the VM protection piece, and I will show you that a little bit later. 
But first of all, I can also then see a little bit more details about this VM. Again, I can tell you how much we're, uh, how many CPUs, which operating systems, and all that stuff you probably know uh, you can do. And you can also see a little bit more performance data with, with those graphs. Uh, I really like the one we built in with the latency, so we can see how much storage, how much storage latency this specific virtual machine, or even how much latency do I have on a specific volume. So I think that that's really great. I can also go um, to the admin center. Um, this is not just to manage your hyper-converged cluster, but you can also uh, manage, for example, single nodes or all the VMs running on that cluster as well. All the virtual, all the basically the, the Windows machines you have in here, you can manage directly from that. So let's just click um, here, zoom in a little bit in, and then let's just go to one of the nodes here. Um, so I'm here on one, node one, and I, this is like how I can manage every Windows server. Um, uh, right now we're supporting, I think, 2012 R2 and higher, and you can manage the systems here. And one thing you can actually do, like you can see here, you have different tools, like which where replaces those local only tools. Before, if you did certificate management or device management, you had to go RDP into your system and then open up this legacy MMC for um, devices or certificates uh, to manage those. In some cases, you were lucky you had remote management, in some you didn't. Um, now here we can actually go and do that web-based. So we have different things here where we can run through. We can also go and say, okay, I want to open up a PowerShell session for all the tools I haven't available. If I just want to run a couple of commandlets, I can do that directly from that web portal. I can also go and open up the web-based registry editor for that server. Again, this is all running remotely, right? This is all done by PowerShell remoting. I can basically go and manage the registry and a lot of other things. And if I then still need to somehow, re like doing an RTP session, I can also do that directly from Windows Admin Center and open up that RTP session. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is all those hybrid services. I didn't really talk about those. So if I go to settings, the only thing I already did, I went here to Azure. And what I did before, I registered that Windows Admin Center gateway server with Azure, right? So you can see it's now connected to my specific directory and I have now enough rights to basically configure those services. So if I go back um, and go to my hyper-converged cluster and go to my virtual machines, you know, go to inventory, and then I select the virtual machine and I click on more, what I can do now is basically I can configure Azure Site Recovery to replicate the virtual machine there to Azure. So set up that. It will automatically show me the subscription. I can then go and say, I want to create a new resource group, or I can use an existing one. I can then say, okay, do I want to have a new recovery vault in Azure? What should be the name? And I can select the region I want to use. In my case, I'm going to use Western Europe. And I can say, set up ASR. And this, what this now will do, this will create all the needed resources in Azure, like the recovery vault, the resource group, the storage, and everything. Uh, and it also installed the agents, the Azure Site Recovery agents, and all of the Hyper-V hosts in my system. And then it will automatically start to replicate, to do the initial replication of that virtual machine and replicate the changes to Azure. So very easy and simple setup. And I don't even need to log in to the Azure portal to set this up. I cannot do everything directly from Windows Admin Center. And so one of the questions came up, uh, is this the same admin, Windows Admin Center um, you run on-prem? Yes, this is absolutely the same Admin Center. This is the Admin Center you get with Windows Server. This is not something different specific to Azure Stack HCI. This is really the same Windows Server Admin or Windows Admin Center experience uh, you can download today. Good. Um, that was the demo about the Azure Stack HCI solutions. So again, to wrap things up here, um, here we have an overview again. We have 
our Azure public cloud offering, and then we have Azure Stack and Azure Stack HCI, which are both on-prem solutions. Um, one is more bringing down the cloud services, like the, uh, this consistent approach, and the other one allows you to basically connect um, hybrid services if you want to, right? There's no need in Azure Stack HCI to connect anyway to Azure. You can just buy Azure Stack with like validated hardware, install Windows Server on top of it, uh, and run Windows Admin Center to manage it, but you don't need to connect to Azure. This is an optional uh, part if you want to. So it's just basically a hyper-converged infrastructure solution um, where you can run virtual machines and optionally we can connect to Azure. And if you have a quick look at that overview, we can see, like for example, this is the Azure portal. Then on Azure Stack, we, we can see that we have a consistent experience um, with the Azure Stack portal. And then on Azure Stack HCI, we are using the Windows Admin Center. And then on the admin side, obviously in Azure, we don't really have a portal. Right? We do not have access to the admin portals of Azure. But then on Azure Stack, we have a Azure Stack administration portal, which is for the Azure Stack operators. And then we have uh, on Azure Stack HCI, again, this is a single tenant experience. So we also have, again, Windows Admin Center uh, to manage that. And this is also a big difference here between Azure Stack and Azure Stack HCI solutions. Um, Azure Stack really is built for multi-tenancy, while Azure Stack HCI solution really is built for a single tenant um, directly. And then if you look at the footprint, this is, a, this is again, an Azure data center. Uh, and then if you have a look at the Azure Stack, um, it, this is how it looks like. It comes kind of like a box. So you have integrated the switches, as well as the servers. And then if you look at Azure Stack HCI, this is basically just in terms of hardware, just validated hardware. So we make sure that this hardware really works well with Windows Server 2019 and Windows Admin Center. So how do I actually buy those systems? So if we want to buy an Azure Stack integrated system, again, it is an integrated approach. So you go to your hardware vendor, your OEM, and you tell them that you want to buy um, uh, Azure Stack, and they will make you an offering, you will do the sizing with them, and everything will be delivered. Um, you will not be able to choose like which network adapter you want to use or things like that. It's really basically coming in one offering. And then you have two licensing models. Again, I talked a little bit about this. The first one is the pay-as-you-use model or the consumption model. So you pay a price per virtual machine which is running on the system per minute or also for other services like storage and app services and things like that. Um, this really gives you the best balance and you only pay for what you use. And again, if you stop using it, uh, you don't pay anything to Microsoft. This is available in, as an enterprise agreement as well as CSP. The other model is only available in, as an enterprise agreement. And this is the capacity model. And this allows you basically to just have a fixed price um, uh, uh, per physical nodes uh, as well. And then for the Azure Stack HCI solutions, this is a little bit different. Since this is only basically, not only, but this is validated hardware. So you go to your OEM, you select the hardware, the Azure Stack HCI solution validated hardware. You buy Windows Server 2019 licenses. Um, and you get the Windows Admin Center on top of that, and you install that and configure that the way you want it. And then optionally, you can use the Azure services and connect to your Azure subscriptions and extend your on-prem environment with Azure services. So here are the list as promised of the different vendors today. So as I mentioned, we have eight vendors um, which are providing an Azure Stack integrated system, uh, Abandon, Cisco, Dell, Shitsu, HP, Huawei, Lenovo, and Boardman. And then we also have much, much more choice if you're doing Azure Stack HCI uh, solutions. We have there a lot of different partners and different options uh, available, um, which you can choose uh, to deploy on. And then I want to highlight a little bit the um, end of support uh, of Windows Server 2008 and 2008 R2, and same for SQL. Um, so 
if you still have those systems, you have basically a couple of different options. First of all, obviously upgrade to a newer version, um, but in some cases you don't have time and the resources to do that. So the second option is you buy extended security updates, which is usually very, very expensive, um, or you just deploy it in Azure, and then we give you three years of extended security updates for free. So if you move your Windows 2008 or Windows 2008 or two virtual machines to Azure, uh, you get the free extended security updates, and this gives you time then to plan and do your migration to a new opera newer operating system. Um, this also applies to Azure Stack, to the Azure Stack integrated solution. However, it does not apply yet to the Azure Stack HCI solution, right? So, for example, if you still want to, if you if you want to move um, those those VMs or keep those 2008 <laughs> uh, VMs, um, you but you cannot go and move them just to, to to Azure. You can buy an Azure Stack and move them on Azure Stack, and you get extended security updates for free um, for free use. Good. So if you want to learn more, I quickly want to show you that. There are a couple of blog posts and links here. So again, check that out. This will be the links to the website for Azure Stack Integrated System as well as the Azure Stack HCI solutions. And there you also find the hardware catalogs and the different offerings from different vendors and all the things I talked about and a lot more um, on those pages. You also find more documentation uh, if you need to, and then I also have some links to my blog posts, which I wrote. And then I'm also happy if you follow our team on itopstock.com. This is our blog from our, MTT, from our team where we write about different things. This can be Azure, this can be Windows Server, Active Directory topics, virtualization, containers, uh, all those things um, uh, which are ops-related, uh, we cover on that blog. And I'm also happy if you follow me um, on, on my Twitter account or on my blog as well. Um, I apologize a little bit. Uh, it's right now, I think, 3.30 in the morning here where I am. Um, but I will now go for a couple of questions if there's still some uh, left. And otherwise, for the questions I can't answer in the next couple of minutes, um, just do follow up. We will follow up on Twitter or wherever we see that. So. Um Thanks. Um, this this has been really great. A uh, question did come in about uh, talking about maintenance on the nodes in Azure Stack. Yeah. Uh, how long does a drain typically take of, of a node? Yep. So draining a node, and um, this can it really depends mostly on the workloads, on how many uh, how many virtual machines are you running, and uh, on your whole system, and on the specific node you're draining. Um, it can take from a couple of minutes to a couple of more minutes. Uh, it really is hard to say. Uh, if you notice, if, if your system is basically empty, a drain can be done really, really like let's say like two, three minutes. Uh, we do some additional checks with that. That's also during the update process. This is something we need to mention. Um, the, it's not just installing, it also adds um, a couple of different checks during the update process. And we do the same thing, obviously, uh, when we move virtual machines around. We want to make sure that when we move virtual machines, that everything goes, goes, goes fine. And so it can take a little bit longer. However, if you have a very large system with a lot of virtual machines on it, um, this can, can take up to, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes. I've seen 25 minutes in some cases to unload the, the complete system. But this is, this is a system which is heavily unload and um, also does not have much space and options left, right? It really depends um, uh, of the load of your system. Um, so the question is, and um, the follow-up question is, how does it compare to draining nodes in Hyper-V? Well, actually it's, it's the same technology. Uh, except that we add again, we add some additional checks to do that. Uh, so you can expect the same timing, um, more or less. Um, because again, it's the same technology. It is real Hyper-V uh, in Azure Stack. It's not 
something like modified uh, to make it more Azure-likely, Azure it really is Hyper-V. And uh, I did have a question myself. Um, when we were talking, we were just using storage space for the storage and Hyper-V for the virtualization. Is there any sort of software-defined networking stack um, oh, yes. that it's using? Yes, absolutely. So in the, in the software-defined networking stack, you get basically the SDN stack, which we also have in Windows Server, um, which is like also partly um, uh, coming from, from Azure, right? However, you don't need to deal in terms with it in terms of need to do the, the backend setup because this comes directly um, uh, with Azure Stack. The only thing you need to do is like, you need to consume it. So for example, you just go into the tenant portal, you say, okay, create new virtual network, add some subnets to it, create a gateway, um, those things. Uh, but in the backend, it's running the Windows Server SDN stack. All right, great. Uh, thank you very much, Thomas. Uh, if anybody else has any other questions, just hit them up on Twitter. And you'll be joining us again in a couple of, of weeks, right? Yep. Thank you very much. Yep. All right. And thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll uh, see you next week.